Hey, everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's that time of the week for Street Fight Radio. Well, it's, you know, I guess it's a new time. Maybe all of y'all aren't used to it yet. Uh, we started doing Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. here on live stream, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, but as always, it's going to come to you as a podcast wherever you get those damn things. Uh, we are there, and we're glad you're here uh, listening to the show. Uh, as always, we are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Coming out of Columbus, Ohio here on WCRS LPFM in Columbus, Ohio, 98.3 or 90. I have the 270 outer outer belt here in Columbus, Ohio. And you can always head over to WCRSFM.org to hear an archive of shows, uh, including Street Fight. Probably the largest archive of them all is over there. And uh, other amazing, better podcasts to listen than our old stuff. Uh, check it out, WCRSFM.org. Um, my name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. And we've been doing this for a long-ass time, and we'll continue to do so, as, as I've said many a time, uh, when there's music playing in my ears. Um, right now I'm flying without the hype music and, uh, it's kind of throwing me off. What's up, Brian? Oh, you know, uh, another day, another dollar. I heard that, man. I heard that. I'm like a cool, funny way to come into the show. Yeah. We can sell another day, another dollar shirts and keychains. Oh, I like that. Okay. Now that's an idea. Okay, so I need to pop right into this show immediately. And uh, we need a resolution. How'd the car situation come out? Brett uh, was in a rental car, some redneck in a big truck, backed into it with a fucking ball hitch and put... Uh, honestly, I looked at the car and I commented when he pulled in on how nice of a car it was. And then he told me what happened. And I was like, oh, you can't even fucking tell. He took me around to the front of the car and there was a hole the size of a fist in the grill. And, you know, you explained you wish you would have got the insurance <laughs> on the rental. And we're just curious. You have now returned the car. Where are we at here? Well, let me say this is to all the pessimists out there. Uh, we are wrong from time to time. Not everything is going to turn out bad you know, and I really got proven wrong in this one. I showed up, uh, the guy was like, does the car drive? Okay. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, no, that's nothing. He's like, I'll send that out for another rental. Uh, he was like, don't worry about it. He's like, it only become a hassle if like the other guy doesn't, doesn't, uh, accept fault for it, but don't fucking worry about it. It's not a big deal. So, and, and uh, I talked, I even talked to the insurance person. I talked to progressive he told me that I needed to call progressive. I needed to call the insurance people and tell them about it. He said, because they're going to put a claim in and then they're going to get a hold of me. And if I just contact them first, it makes everything faster. So I went ahead and did that. And the lady was like, they might take your, they might take your uh, deductible from you and hang on to it until the end of this. And I was like, they were like, did they do that? And I was like, no, they didn't. And I was like, is that going to happen now? And they were like, no, if it didn't happen then, it's not going to happen now. And I was like, oh, thank God. You give me the best news ever. Because she was telling me, like, you're going to have to, she was like, what will happen in these circumstances? You're going to have to pay your deductible when you drop the car off. And I was like, I feel like I'm in trouble. And she was like, how are you in trouble? And I was like, well, if you take money out of my bank account, I'm in trouble for this. <laughs> and then she was like, well, if you drop the car off and they didn't take the money from you, then they're not going to take the money from you. So you should be good. 
Damn, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I believe I told you I believe in the Lord. I don't believe in Jesus Christ or God, just the Lord. The Lord of the land says things will work out right. Thank you, Lord. And then even better news. Um, I went to drop off my shitty ass Prius with a with a very expensive paint job the next day because the people that fixed the catalytic converter problem did a, a bad job and it was rattling. I dropped it off. Uh, in the morning around 10 or 11 and I showed up and the lady was like, what car is it? And I was, I told her and she was like, I don't have you on my list. And I was like, what? She's like, I don't, she's like, are you dropping this off? Just, did you just drive in? I was like, no, I called two weeks ago and scheduled this appointment to come here. She was so confused. She was like, I'm filling in for somebody. I'm taking over their role. So I'm not sure what's going on. And then she tried to write catalytic converter probably four times. Like I saw on her piece of paper, she wrote 08 Prius and then she wrote Cadillac and then crossed it out. And then she wrote C-A-T-T-Y-L-A-C-K and then crossed it out. And she was just like working through all the spellings of Cadillac as I'm talking to her. No idea why the car is there. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck, whatever. I need to go to go pick up my daughter and uh, be right. Called me and said the car was ready. They fixed Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I, I skated up there. Um, and I skated into the waiting room and they looked at me like I was so fucking crazy. And like I was just changed into my shoes and uh, took my car and got the fuck out of there. It was nice. It was a good day. It worked out good. I look at people who skate places too. Weird. Yeah, I know. It's I. The two aren't brave enough to do it. I get it. Uh, it, I look it seems at people who skate. I mean, all alternative transportation. If it's one of those big motorized wheels and someone's standing side saddle on it, that looks. It all looks goofy. It does. It does look goofy to drive. Yeah, I I uh, saw Pete Buttigieg today. Oh, post- can I- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we lost your camera first of all, but. I mean, it'll be all right. I think uh, it'll come back eventually. I shut it off because it says my internet is unstable. Although I and I'm hardwired right now. He's handsome. It's fine. The picture looks good, Brett. I think, uh, and people can see me, right? So that's a treat. I guess it's. A, can I get? A can I get one more complaint in before the horrible politics stuff? Yeah, I uh, am super mad at fucking Halloween candy this year. So my wife did the right thing. She sent all the candy to my house. You're supposed to eat all the candy so that the kid doesn't because it's bad for them. So you got to like do the bad. You got to like take the hit for them. Like you have to eat a 10,000 grams of sugar so that your kid doesn't. And that usually falls on the dad because he's going to die earlier. So that's where, so I ended up getting all the candy. I hate how every Halloween candy is just a fucking candy bar. I hate fun size Snickers and Milky Ways and all the chocolate shit has fucking ruined Halloween. I hate it. It's like, goddamn, huh? That's what I like. What about sour straws? What about blue raspberry? What about like made up flavors? What about taffies and shit? It's like IPA. Everything's IPA. They just take the market over because that's what everybody wants or the most decadent thing. And then it becomes the thing. So now you have like snowball IPAs where Jack Frost is like, sipping on a, a, a mug full of hot cum or something on the side of a beer. And then it's the same thing was like, people want chocolate. Nobody likes sweet tarts. I like sweet tarts. I don't get sweet tarts. I don't, I don't go buy sweet tarts. I can get a, a Snickers bar any, anywhere. 
is the fucking craft store sells Snicker bars. Where can you not get a Snicker bar is within arm's reach of anybody in the fucking United States of America. It's the only right that we have is to, to be able to buy a Snickers bar. I uh, uh, gave out Snickers bars and M&Ms this year. At, Basic, at, bro. Well, I'm going to explain why. I got two little things here. One, uh, Katie went and got the candy one hour before Trick or Treat was about to start. One. So that's what they had. And also, I'm going to say this. We just put the motherfucking... Uh, bowl on the porch and wrote uh be a sweetie take one treaty huh and uh we got three quarters of the bowl back and like i have all that candy that's a curse Bill. it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen i must have grown up in fucking a bizarro world where kids just dump the whole fucking thing in their back kids you and your friends you and your friends did that. Come on. That is like a super famous thing, though, that like people online were all saying it, too. There were so many pictures from next door of people saying like this damn kid came up and dumped all the whole bowl into his bag. And could, do you know whose kid this is? And shit like that. Like that shit happens. Oh, no. And I can't believe it didn't happen. I can't believe we got candy at the you, end of the night. You live in the abandoned land of abundance. People in your neighborhood get dessert every single night. Those kids don't give a fuck about this. They quit. Kids, kids, kids will trick or treat for 49 minutes. I, I was out there from, from bell to bell. Like it was, it was 120 minutes straight of collecting candy, full sprint running. And now like, yeah, my spoiled ass kid, like she doesn't care. She has Kit Kats at, at the house. She gets one every night after fucking dinner. What does she give a fuck about it? True. <laughs> True. That is a good point. What I was going to say about the Buttigieg thing is, is that he, he did a tweet today saying like, Hey, would, would you like it if, if we gave you a $12,500 discount on an electric car? sort of thing mm -hmm. and and like i was looking around i'll take that to see if there's a twelve thousand five hundred dollar electric car there is i mean i'd make money on that deal I, i'll take you yeah hand it to me i i definitely would do that i'll sell mine and buy it back <laughs> like whatever whatever sort of governmental legalese you have to do i will sell my car to them and buy it back at twelve thousand five hundred to get it for free so that you can get credits or whatever you need like i'm i'm down to play with that game <laughs> yeah yeah i just was like is there a car that i could get for free if this deal existed uh, if this is the thing that's going to happen, it's like, is there? And then somebody sent me a picture of like some European car that is $6,000. And I was like, a starting price, $6,000. It's electric. I was like, man, fucking people in Europe Doggy. figured out. You haven't seen the F100 yet? No. <laughs> oh, fuck. And look up F100. Katie's in. Katie will go sign a lease tomorrow for sure. Yeah. That's why they announced it. It's always on new ones too. They should just be buying up Priuses for $12,000 and handing them out. Mine wasn't 12. Mine wasn't even close to $12,000. I got a steal on that thing. That's I would make money off of that deal. Damn, man. You but see this F100 yet? Electric car though. You see it's this F100? I'm looking it up right now. 
it's not a car though. What's not a car? Like your car takes gas still. I think they're talking about full on electric cars. Well, like the yeah, that's true. The Chevy Volt like, and shit. Some kind of a fucking Tesla game. Oh my god. This is the best looking car I've ever seen. This uh, wait, never mind. I'm looking am I it's it. Is it the one that looks like an 80s truck? Yeah, it's it's like a 78 or something that they modeled it after. Oh my god, that is Katie's fucking dream car, dude. Oh man, if we didn't already weren't so far into this goddamn lease already, this is what we would be driving. Because fill the, fill the yeah. That's my wife's dream car of all time. And, you know, we're not going to have a kid uh, uh, to cart around anymore in one year. Uh, God damn, man. It'd also be a flex for you to have a pickup truck and never help anybody move. That would be pretty cool. I, you know what? <laughs> I know you think that might be true that I would not help anybody move. That's not even the case. Right? The the truth is, I would. Uh, why did my picture go away? What did I do? Did I fuck uh, your? The 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 F one the the something's going on here. I don't know what's going on. Malarkey. Uh, I think I I can fix it. I I think I got my. I think we're both back now. If I'm not mistaken, we are both back. I'll look at the uh, chat. Nope. Now we're both gone. Cool. Oh, now you're back. Okay. Well, this is all on a delay, so it's going to come back. I promise. I'm here. So, yeah. Yeah. We're both here. So everything's okay. That was a little messed up stuff. But you say I wouldn't help people move because you know what kind of person I am. Now, now all kinds of shit's happening. But because you know what kind of person I am, I wouldn't move. I would help people move. I would loan them my truck. Oh, that counts now. You're right. You would go from never helping move to letting them use the truck. Yeah. Yeah. You could. Yeah. That would actually be great for you. You would have these keys with a special keychain on them. And you're just like, hey, you want to use the truck and just toss them the keys? Like, not my problem. I'm not dealing with it after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to have a truck to help people move, as in give them the truck. Um, so we got some shit going on, uh, in any, uh, in, in the world here. Um, I'm going to start with this picture that that's been making the rounds on the worldwide web from Starbucks. Uh, do you okay, know okay. the picture I'm talking about is every partner creating an a plus creating a plus two environment for every customer. So uh, I can't really explain what a plus two environment is for everybody that that's internal shit. Um, oh my God, this, this, this stream is cursed. Everything keeps going on and off and on and off. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. My internet's perfect. Yeah. Okay. I, my, you know, I got that divorce dad plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm just going to close the uh, uh, screen so I don't have to look at it and feel bummed. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, 
anyway, I, I'm looking, I looked at this thing. It was shared by uh, Lauren Kaori Gurley. Also, uh, this is a Starbucks that is unionizing, Brett. So, uh, yeah, this was in response to, uh, a store that was unionizing. This is what the, what they want from their work environment, right. Or what they want for the customers, right? Yes. This is what you're providing to the customers at your Starbucks. And, uh, uh, so let's just look at what a detrimental experience is. Okay. Meaning I don't want to be here is the customer outlook. Which is every Always. Starbucks in the world. Nobody yeah. wants to be. It's nobody. There's nobody in Starbucks that wants to be in Starbucks. Not the customers. I mean, not the employees. Most fast food. I mean, the the like they they create all these apps and all these things, and then you always end up having to go talk to. You always end up having to like make it a rigmarole for somebody else. It becomes a problem for somebody there that was just supposed to make the coffee. I never want to be at a Starbucks. Actually, I went to a star. I had like such an amazing day. I think I went to the star to Starbucks on my own for the very first time in my life. Okay. Like for yourself. Yes. I had like an amazing day. I was feeling so good. I was feeling all in love and everything. And I was like, I feel amazing. Like I'm going to go get a fucking coffee. It was for the first time in my life that I understood what it was like to want to go to Starbucks. And I went by myself and I waited in that miserable line and it was good. It's a good treat. But uh, it was the first time in my life. I've been, I've been by myself. I'm always dragged to Starbucks. I would never go on my own. An interesting thing I, I do have to say about Starbucks is when, when they first like kind of started proliferating, um, they were nice to go into. It was like, I'm going to walk into this place. It's like nice. It's got like a vibe like I've never seen at a fast food restaurant or anything like that. But now... Everything looks like Starbucks. So it is, by extension, not nice. And it's It's a bunch of crazy fucking addicts and like Karens and like overachievers and like motherfucking just people that are are like, I I don't know how it's taken a grip of our society so much. Republicans that are trying to get them to write like Mary. I know how it happened. There's a Starbucks tax when you leave the house. Like if I leave the house and there's a group of adults, someone's going to say like, hmm, how about a coffee? Like it just happens. And then like we're, you're knee deep in a fucking Starbucks line for in, right in the middle of an intersection, right in the middle of a state highway, sitting sideways, waiting for a fucking Starbucks. Every, right, exactly. Because every like, I'm old enough. I, I'm going to do an I'm old enough to remember, Brett. But like I was probably an adult for, I don't know, six or seven years before the Starbucks boom. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't like go get coffee anywhere. Like (laughs) people didn't do it. I didn't. I did. I had no experience with that. No, it was very hip. And and, and like there was this really great gay coffee shop called the Coffee Table uh, downtown in the short north when it was when there was also... Yeah, when I had culture there. And uh, yeah, it was like a very specific thing to do in, in the late 90s. It was still very much like, wow, you're going to s- sit around and have an expensive cup of coffee or <laughs> choose the beans, sniff the beans before you, you order them, you know? I didn't have my first cup of coffee until two, it would have had to have been 2004, maybe. Damn. Like, I had a white 
chocolate mocha. That <laughs> doesn't count as a cup of coffee, but. I didn't have a cup of coffee then for another three years. I was okay. drinking the the uh, uh, lattes. Okay. Yeah, that counts. It's Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's the white chocolate mocha latte because I was like tired and I wanted caffeine and I was going to go get a, a Mountain Dew because that was caffeine for me. At the, that was my coffee. Yeah, I love caffeine. Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a Mountain Dew. And my wife was like, I, we had just moved to where we live now and there was a starbucks right by our house and my wife's like let's stop at this starbucks i like she liked lattes she she would get them at tim hortons and shit and uh we stopped and she was like you don't don't go get a mountain dew get yourself a goddamn uh uh listen get a white chocolate mocha mm -hmm. you will love it i drank that thing it tastes you know how i like sweet stuff it was yeah. the greatest thing that ever happened to me that yeah, wonderful but then i like started getting it every day and there were six bucks and i'm like i can't afford six dollar coffee well you could have bought, bought a house they were yeah they were four dollars or 350 at the time but then i started getting extra that was shots. i mean five dollars back then is seven fifty ten dollars now yeah yeah, and I started getting extra shots. I was like, I'll have an extra shot. I'll have an extra shot. And it was getting up to like six bucks because I kept getting extra shots of uh, of, of uh, espresso. So I was like, maybe I just like the taste of coffee. And then I started getting black coffee. I mean, but, uh, that took yes. me a long time. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what it is. Starbucks became this weird showy thing about like your the a brand thing or just having money to waste on like frivolous drinks all the fucking time, I guess is like one of the thing aspects. Also, it's like a way to get calories in your body that like aren't food. You know, you don't, you're afraid of eating food, but you don't mind like 400 drink calories. You know, it was definitely a class thing very early on. It, it was like trying to project like I'm an upper class person that I did that a lot. So uh, let's see the partner mindset at a uh, negative uh, well, one. Okay, so a negative one, the partner energy impact is taking energy. This person is taking energy, and their mindset is this stuck. Okay, that that's the customer, they, not the customer. That's the partner mindset. It's, so, yeah, Star Starbucks is saying the people that work at their their the baristas at their outlets, they don't want them to feel stuck. Even though they offer nothing, they offer no future and they offer no way of saving for any sort of normalcy that's sold to us in advertisements, but they don't want you to feel stuck. Well, let's see what a minus one behavior and atmosphere is. Uh, the partners are not demonstrating customer service commitments. Uh, partners <sighs> are not... That one, you know, what are you going to do? I, it's so hard to, it's their commitments it's, are too much. They yeah. don't pay you enough for the commitment. They don't pay you enough to do it. You have to. Yeah. If I, if I, if, if this, if I went home and I wasn't crying about my bills and how to, to get my kids new school clothes, I, I would have a great time at work. You know, if I wasn't like putting uh, groceries on a credit card, and and praying about it like i would have a great time at fucking work i'd go make drinks all goddamn day if i could ride my 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 really nice bicycle there 
and not have, and have, you know, all of the, the needs in my life met, not have to worry about like healthcare or retirement. Like if that wasn't a problem, I'd love to go in and just make some warm, cozy coffee drinks for everybody and share them with the world. I'll say this too, like partners, not demonstrating customer service commitments. I, I would also say this, that like, I will smile. You're exactly right. If you want me to demonstrate and be outwardly happy, make me mm -hmm. outwardly happy. Make me, motherfucker. Make me happy. Spoil <laughs> me. Spoil me like you love me and you care for me. And like I'm making you motherfucking money. Partners not acting with a customer first comes first attitude. I don't, I don't even know how you could do that. Uh, long wait at POS and handoff. Uh, again, not something that's their fault. That is, at a Starbucks, it is not, I worked at McDonald's for like a while, for like five months when I was 16. And like the thing that makes a long wait happen is a long line of people trying to get their food. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and you can do about that. And this is the thing with these apps too. So is, is Starbucks, um, is, are they uh, accessing digitally the schedule of how many employees are on hand and then restricting how many online orders can be made? Are they, are they saying that we can only make five drinks in, in 10 minutes? And so anything beyond that, you're going to have to wait 20 to 45 minutes for your online drink? Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely true. They do let 500 people order. Yeah, they, they, they let you order online. A whole charter bus. A whole charter bus will pull up and they'll say, hey, everybody, get your Starbucks apps out and just order right there. It's so dang easy and it's good for COVID and everything. And these these two people, these two fucking teenagers in Dearborn, Michigan are going to take care of it for us. Right. There, there are not. It just doesn't it doesn't work. Uh, partners not recovering negative experiences. I, I don't know. But I guess that's not fixing angry customers. Uh, inventory shortages, which is also not something that an employee can deal with. Uh, dirty store, again, as a person who has worked at a few fast food places, dirty store is because there's fucking a lot of people there. People are dirty. They go out to eat because they don't fucking want to clean up after themselves. Do you know that a hundred percent of the time I order food is really just because I don't want to do the dishes after I've ordered the food? Yeah. The other thing. Yeah. The other thing about a dirty store is um, they never give you time to clean. Like they don't say the first hour of your shift is to clean because they only want every minute of your fucking shift to make money for them. And cleaning doesn't make money for them. And so they want you to like to as soon as you're done making a coffee, immediately pick up a rag and just start wiping shit down. Like they 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 do not say like we're doing a 30 minute clean deep clean or or like every week we do a clean. They, my my fuck when I worked at an all-star cafe, those motherfuckers would be like, hey, wipe the fridges out. We got some downtime. But if we were busy all week, there was never time to clean the fucking fridges out, you know? Exactly. Or wipe the bottom of the freezer. They didn't give a shit. If it was if it was March Madness, hell no. It was a, a fucking 20, 25 motherfucking days of filth and disgustingness. Yeah, you can't. There's no fucking chance in this world 
that you're ever going to be able to keep a busy store clean. They truly what should be the policy for these places. And it will never be because of what you said, uh, that they don't care what you're doing as long as you're churning out cups of coffee. Like that's what they want you doing. These places should have like full on cleaning staff that are in the fucking dining room and in the back. And their only fucking job is cleaning. If that's what they want, if they want a clean store, that's the pay people to clean, pay people to clean. Don't expect people to be coffee, motherfucking experts and cleaners. Exactly. Uh, let's look at what a, a neutral experience would be. Uh, first of all, I'm willing to be here is the customer outlook that you're getting on it. <laughs> that, experience. That's the best you're going to ever get from me from a Starbucks. This is like, I did it once in my life, like three weeks ago because I was in love. And, uh, that's the only time I was willing to be there. It takes a lot to go to these, this fucking place. It's always I, it's a disaster. I, it's my number one hated place. I just am too traumatized by getting dragged to Starbucks when everything about it fucking sucks. Yeah, it, it is. I go every day because there's an app and I can be part of the problem. And uh, <laughs> basically, there's an app that I can order something and walk in and take it off of a shelf and walk out. I don't even ever That's nice. speak to a person in the world i can just get what i want and go i'm in the uh, i'm in the jesse farrar brotherhood of uh, cold caffeine in the morning give me a nice cold crisp glass of caffeine juice some sort of tea with with uh, juice in it or something like that or i'll take the goddamn the coffee huh i only drink cold coffee now i'm gonna have a hot coffee yet this year what even yeah, in the even in the temps like this yeah yeah I had a, a cold brew today and I wake up and drink iced coffee. I just hot coffee. It's, it's a fucking off. It's an, a ramping up system with me. Like I I'll drink hot coffee later, but the thing about it is you, you can't really chug a hot coffee. <laughs> no, it's annoying <laughs> that you have to have, you have to carry it around for 90 minutes and just like sip on it. It's in, you just can't just chug it or get rid of it. So this is the neutral experience. This neutral. is still not good. This is a zero on the plus two scale. All partners smiling and making eye contact, which is a bullshit. Wait, theory. you forgot the energy impact. Oh yeah. The energy impact is not generating or taking energy, which... I I don't know what that is. That's perfect. Synthesis. That's like, that's it. That's yin yang. That's the balance of everything. No energy exchange at all. Yeah. That's Fucking what life want. Yeah. Because energy exchanges can be good or bad and they're all subjective based upon how the person experiences and them feels. But if no energy is ever exchanged, but the coffee is, that's, that's very smooth. I mean, if people are screaming at me and shit, like even happily screaming at me, if, if I'm if I'm at the cash register and somebody's being like jovial to me mm -hmm. and engaging me in conversation, I don't even like that. Yeah. Like I don't like that's, either thing. That's energy like, exchange. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm talking it's too intimate for Brian. 
No, I'm talking. Yes, exactly. I'm talking about it, though, from when I was a worker too, from a worker's perspective. Oh, yeah. When I was at the cash register at Kroger when I when I uh, was a cashier there. Like I hated the people that came and tried to be my friend just oh. as much as I hated the people that came and screamed at me. Absolutely. All equal to me. Aggressive fun guys are so bad because they've wrapped you up into this world inside their mind. And you're just like trying to play along without like setting it off or, or like disrespecting it. Or like, you're just like, want to be in there and like, yeah, yeah, two birds, one stone. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> and you're at work. It's like, yeah. Dude, you're not going to fucking pump this up at all unless you, like, I guess, pass me a lit joint. <laughs> right. There's nothing you can do to make this better. If you're like, oh, did you see Gate Creeper last night? <laughs> like, if you, if you have a good concert wreck or something that's coming up or, you know, that would be nice. Because you know my dad and he is jovial, talks to the cashier guy. And like jokes around and stuff and, and like oak oakly doakly and shit like that. And he's like one of the darkest motherfuckers I ever met in my life. Well, that's nice that he does that then. It's nice he puts on a show. It's better well, than better than saying, ah oh, shit, I gotta pay for these groceries. <laughs> I guess, but that's probably what he says in a happy voice. Just says, know? oh shit. Hey, you think you could not charge me here? <laughs> yeah, that's a good joke. <laughs> Free 99. Uh, it, for some reason, something that the employees are responsible for are uh, speedy service and wait, no, high, crafting and serving only wait. the highest quality products. Did you do smiling and making eye contact? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just saying. Like, oh. I was screaming and screaming about how I hate when people are nice to me, too. That was energy. I thought we were talking about energy taking. Because now they want smiling and making eye contact with, along with energy taking. Which, by the way, I can't make eye contact in real life. Like, with anybody. Other humans. I can't. I barely make eye contact with my wife and kid. It's so uncomfortable to me. It makes me nervous. Yeah, it can be intense. I, I like it. Um, but, uh, when it comes to someone making a coffee for me, I'm not trying to get a, a hard eye contact. Maybe I am. Maybe that could turn my day around. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I, I truly, but the only corporate thinks that like a customer experience can turn a person's day around. I like eye contact, dude. I got to say it's better for people to acknowledge each other than to not. I'm not into your world. No, I'm saying that like there is no world, there is no situation in a fast food sort of uh, uh, energy transfer. That <laughs> right, that's what we're talking about. Energy transfers. Yep. <laughs> if, if there is not only the CEO of the company, only the executives think that that situation can lead to like somebody being like, you know what, man, I went to Starbucks and the barista looked me in the eye and they smiled and they said, thank you. And I, you know, I feel, uh, you know, my day's better now. I'm t when I go to bed tonight, I'm laying down in bed with my wife. I turn and fucking look right at her. And I'm like, you know, I woke up and I felt like nothing could go right in this world. I, I was worried about climate change. 
and all the stuff that people are worried about. But then I went to Starbucks and, you know, the guy the, the guy at the counter, he looked me right in the eye and he said, thank you. And my whole day picked up after that. That like does. He, the- he, he handed me a he handed me a cup that said brain on the side, which isn't my name, but close, you know, but close. And I, I appreciated that. But like, even if he thought my name was brain, he treated me like a human being. Like, what is the, anybody- I, like, I agree. No, you're, yeah, I, I just, you are too antisocial about this. <laughs> but I'm saying that anybody that's worked in the service industry fucking knows that it, it's kind of like, I, I'm nice. I, listen. It's like getting your, it's, it's this, go ahead. I have, a, I come on this show and I talk about how bad of an employee I am. Right. Like I've been doing it for 10 years and everybody knows that I say I'm a bad employee. And to a certain extent, yes, I am a bad employee. But to another extent, I have to say that I am probably in the top 95th percentile of customer service employees. I am great at customer service. I am one of the best that ever did it is wow. all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy to say something like that. Uh, and, and that like, I guess maybe people will think that, that uh, I, I guess people will think that I'm, I'm, I'm being silly, but I'm not, I'm like being truthful. I was, I was great at it. It's the only thing I've ever done in my life. So I had to be good at it. Well, I, I think that you have a, that's on you. That's a you problem that you don't want to have connections with like random strangers. I think they're great to have in your life. Um, but I am thinking now that they asked you to do smiling and making eye contact does kind of seem like the same advice for getting like a ba- getting through a bad sexual experience. <laughs> like it's pretty much the same thing is to make intense eye contact and smile until it's over. And that's what they want from you here is to just, Pretend like you're having the best time ever at work, you know, and shot gaming in a chat. Perfect, perfect person. Like, I don't like it when people talk about what I'm buying at all. Like, I what if they told you it was really cool and awesome and guys with big hogs buy that? It wouldn't work. Dude, I went to the I went to the dispensary yesterday and First of all, I'm going to change how I dress now. I'm, I'm going with the whole new motif. What? Not out. Yeah, I got to. I got to. I got to. Somebody I mean, fucked I'm, you up that bad? Yeah, it fucked me up. I went to the dispensary and four of the customers and three of the bud tenders complimented my clothes. And it's like, this is the weed store. And I felt kind of weird about that. <laughs> You're, man, dude, you got to get like. You got to get checked out, man. I do. Every month I go and talk to a guy. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> what's just, the problem with that? You're not even a cool looking weed guy. You're like a middle class weed guy. You're, you're going to like, you're still, you're buying legal weed, dude. That's like the dorkiest way to buy weed. Yeah. Well, it was a typo negative shirt that happened and they were just like, dude, Typo. I got I I got told every story of typo negative by every person in that store. They were like, I fucking saw him back in you know 1992, and then I listened to him every Halloween. What? 
and shit like that. Why so. is this a problem? You're insane, dude. It feels like I'm 42 years old. I'm going to be 43 in two months, and the weed store thinks I'm cool. And uh, you failed, dude. You should have become a social worker. You should have got a social worker and got like a Subaru then. What do you think you were doing? Now people are telling me I have drip, so I, I will continue to dress this way forever. I just why was buy more adult clothes. That was my goal was to buy like some more like you know shirts with collars on them. Not You've like, never worn shot shirts with collars on them since I've known you. I know. I've I, never seen you flannel. in one. flannels. I wear flannels. Those don't count. Okay. Those are like fucking redneck bibs or something. Those are like those are like napkins. That's what I was gonna move into. Though. I was gonna move into flannels. That doesn't I'm count. Or adults. No, that doesn't count. Doesn't <laughs> count at all. Yes, whoever in the chat. Uh, uh, yes, I was looking at Patagonia. So yeah, I know. I was. I don't know why you wanted to do that, but I mean, well, I guess I'll keep thinking. I'll keep considering keeping the uh, weed dispensary guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I when, when I wear band shirts and people don't bother me about it, it's annoying. Because really? it's like, yeah, I'm inviting you conversation. You don't uh, wear famous band shirts, though. You wear like, gym shorts. Like one out of every 250 people you pass on the street has heard gym shorts. <laughs> Sure. So you feel like you chose a chuggy band? You did. You were before it got chuggy, though. I love typo negative. So I'm typo negative. And here's the thing: it's not for everybody, and it turns people off immediately. So anybody who's in the club, like you, really got to get down with them. Like that's how you find your people in this world. Like you have to move in the direction of the things that make you the most happy, and say fuck you to everything else because it's not worth it. It's not worth it to put on a fucking Patagonia vest so that your boss thinks you're uh, management material. It wasn't a vest. It's flannels was the plan. That's, That's not adult enough. Okay. Well, then I'll get I'm penny loafers, motherfucker. You need penny loafers. I'm staying teen then. I'm cross, your cross your legs at the ankles if you want to grow up. Yeah. And I tried this back in my 20s, too, where I started wearing a fedora everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, adults don't wear baseball caps. You know, I don't it's play baseball. It's tough. Um, I saw somebody in the Street Fight group was like, can I get any other hat besides baseball hat? And it's like, there isn't really anyone that's better than it. I'm sorry, no. but like, just they did it. Like, they did that. That's the one. Yeah, don't, don't move into other hats. You'll always regret it. So uh, every customer leaves with everything they need and the music lighting and the smell of the store is positive. Okay. And, uh, that's a neutral feeling. Let's get to the uh, uh, plus two so that we can. Uh, uh, this is the best thing. Uh, so uh, first of all, the customer outlook should be, I need to be here, which is, that's, so I mean, everybody's there because they need to be there because they want coffee are, are like voguing and like doing ballroom dances on their way to get like uh all their drinks and everything and they all have really sassy things to say they all listen to like the npr podcast on the the drive-in and so they're ready to be chatty about it too right 
Yeah. So the music is energizing, which I've never heard good music in, in a Starbucks. Not one time. It's yeah. It's always like some, they, they really tied themselves to like sad acoustic music. I feel like it's, somebody, somebody talking about how like their heart is buried in the bottom of a well and it's never coming back. I don't think that it gets played there. It's just all shit music. It's the worst. Every it's middle-class guilt music. It is. It's so bad. It's sad guy music. Yeah. Uh, for people that have every, for people that are buying $7 peppermint lattes, like they're sad too. <laughs> every partner has high energy. That's not even a fair thing to expect from not, not if they pay. For, I mean, they have to provide the high energy. They have to provide the substances. $20 an hour. You get, I'll fucking go in there and be high energy as fuck, man. Uh, customers can tell all partners love their jobs, which is that's, that's the most unfair thing. Love. Love. Dude, that's a huge word. That's a fucking gigantic word. You're talking about the way that like Prince Charming like Cinderella. That's how you want me to feel about Starbucks? The way I feel about my wife and daughter. They <laughs> want to feel that way about the employees. At, uh, they want the employees at Starbucks to feel that way about Starbucks. Like that, that love is such an intense feeling, right? <laughs> Yeah. But why didn't they put, I want you to orgasm every time you talk to a customer at Starbucks or something like that? Like, it, that's such an intense thing to expect from people. Um, and love also comes with hate. I mean, it's an equal amount of hate. It has to be back and forth. One day you have to go, they're going to come in and you're going to be cussing and fighting at them. And then the next you're going to be makeup breakup. You know, you're going to be like, all kissy lips with them again. And you're going to reignite the, the, the romance. You know, it's not. You can't, you can't give a love hundred percent. Well, that's why I, I say that they should run this, this situation on an every other day basis. So yes. Monday you should get a plus two, but then on Tuesday you get a minus one oh. on Wednesday, you get a plus two. That way people will be able to develop intense feelings about Starbucks. Yo, yeah. Yeah. You're going to be lusting after you're like, Oh my God, this today but tomorrow they're all going to be singing the same song i cannot fucking wait oh my god the energy is just going to be off the charts tomorrow morning it's you need the contrast you need contrast yeah you need a crummy experience in order to get a good experience and they have to love you back you can't love you you can't do one-sided love you it has to be a 50 50 kind of love it has to be 50 50 and that means they have to love you back when you serve a bad cup. Like when you do it wrong, they need to, to, to forgive you because they love you. And then you take care of them the next day. That's, that's the 50-50 love. That's what you're looking for. It's a perfect point. That is a good point. Uh, so now I have some audio I want to play, Brett. Um, this is from the Orange County Sheriff's uh, in California. Uh, I think we have enough time to do this whole thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start it right now, and, and we'll take a ride with it, okay? Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ParentAware, where we provide parents with information they can use to keep their kids safe. Okay, so you might not have understood what that guy said. He said, welcome to ParentAware where we offer parenting news to keep kids safe. 
So we're going to learn from a sheriff how to keep kids safe, Brett. We're going to learn about devilish licks? Yeah. Well, whatever happens. Let's, you, know, you don't know dev- Go ahead. devilish licks are, number one. But number two, I, I want to also say they picked the guy that with, the, with maybe the worst speaking voice I've ever heard in my life. He's not to a strong start. No. They didn't do devilish licks at your school? I don't know what devilish licks are. It was what? a TikTok trend where teenagers were like ripping the fucking uh, like towel dispenser off the walls and like destroying their bathrooms at school and shit and like fucking things up and recording it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. That I mean, I'm into it. Uh, so here we go, man. Oh, my God. I'm Sergeant Brian Gunsley with the Orange County Sheriff's Department, and today I'm going to show you how to search your child's room. The first step. Uh, what? Remove. <laughs> I mean, at I... least do it accidentally. <laughs> at least do it accidentally. I was putting away laundry and I found your cigarette. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's acceptable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's actually probably the method I'm going to go with too, because it's like if you keep your room clean, I'll stay stay out of it. Absolutely. If it's not a problem, if I can look in there and it looks okay to me, I. But I'm going to be rooting around if shit's on the floor. I yeah, I'm not. I've never searched Gwen's room ever because I don't know. I don't feel like there's anything in there I'm going to find. And honestly, man, when I was a kid, I had a penthouse forum magazine under my my uh, uh mattress in my bedroom and my, my parents must have been in my room cleaning or doing something and they lifted the mattress and they found the penthouse for them and that has turned me off of searching my kids room for the rest of my life because i, yeah. I if there's pornography in there i don't want to that's not something i need to see i'm pro porno i mean i get it i'm not mad about that that's not the stuff i would be mad about i'm more worried about just you know intravenous drugs and shit that'd be only like if i found porno i wouldn't care i would just go past it that's not like a a sticking point for me i'm just more interested i would be more interested in what kind of uh uh, crumbs have fallen around this this room my i mean my parents threw my porno away like they 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 threw it in the trash and and that always made me kind of mad because it's like what do you jerk off to now yeah that's not fair and 13. Move the child or the teenager in this case uh, from the room. You don't want them in the room because their protests may distract you from doing a thorough search. So, okay, Brad, you got to remove the kid from the room first before you search it. So you were right about that. And this is, a, I mean, this is the worst way to treat your kid. As bad as possible. Yeah. Go in I mean, there and get out. I'm going to look through it. They really don't, it's really, it's so sad and disgusting. They don't realize what kind of damage they're doing. Like you, you have now set in motion and scarred your kid in a way that they know how you really feel about them. And it's not as a human, it's as like a property, like you, you're, you're an extension of their self-esteem. Um, you are their pet, you know, um, it, it, you, you break all trust. I, I mean, I'm not. I know I sound like the more asshole strict parent on this thing, but I'm not in disagreement with Brian of like being all the way open. And, and I, I imagine that me and my kid will have a, a okay conversation about anything that comes up. 
And I think that will, that is what's going to prevent her from doing anything dangerous versus treating every little misstep like you're going to go to military school or like I'm going to fucking overturn your room. Did he say turn the room? Did he say turn the room? Yeah. Yeah. Turn it. That means you take the, you take the fucking mattress and you just shove it up into the corner of the room when you turn a fucking room. Yeah. Yeah. So here's more. Hey pal, I need you to leave the room. Thanks. We'll talk later. That's how you do it. So that's how you do it. You say, I need you to leave the room. We'll talk later. So that's, that's helpful. And just make judgments. You, 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 you've had no conversations. You, you have no uh, relationship with your child leading up to this point where you can say, Hey man, what's going on? Like your schoolwork suffering or you seem really lazy or like I can tell the new people you're hanging out with, like uh, they smoke a lot of weed. Like what's going on? Like there's none of that. There's no, you can't come up with that point. You're just like surprise motherfucker. Like you're, you're getting turned. I'm going to turn you. You're in trouble now. You better not have anything I dislike. We're going to have all the tough conversations all at once. And I'm for forcing them on you right now. Sex. If I find condoms, we're going to talk about sex. If I find drugs, we're talking about drugs. If I find anything else, if I find uh, anarchist materials, we're going to talk about fucking, you, you know, the USA. A cop saying finding anarchist materials in their kid's room or a defund the police. Yes. Sign in their kid's room and then having to sit them down and be like, you don't fucking have this room if we're defunded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, there's no, I, uh, there's no, uh, there's, I mean, kids are way smarter and they have a lot more time on their hands. Like we're parenting in between a full-time job and they, their full-time job is just not getting in trouble with us. So they can hide shit. If, if they know that their room is going to get turned, there's plenty of other places. There's places in the woods. There's a friend's house. There's a, there's a, a ways to adapt to that. You're not, go, you're not smarter than them. You're not going like, if you treat them like some sort of convict that you're busting. A friend's house is the way to go because like not every parent's the same. You know, I, I talk to my daughter and I hear how her friend's parents do the business of parenting. And uh, it's not how I do it and would never fucking do it that way. So you're right about that. There's, I mean, I'm sure my house could be the place that they hide stuff. You might be the hider sure, house. You're probably definitely around. the hider house. Probably. Once in a while, like I would say about every six months, unless you suspect that they're using drugs or alcohol, then you're gonna wanna do it more often. So if your kid's good and they've never given you any indication that they're doing drugs, or drinking or having sex, Brett, you should only search their room every six months. Keep them on their toes, right? <laughs> Let them know they can't switch it up. <laughs> Just a very, that sucks. That's it's July. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, um, there, was a, there was an interesting moment that I had as a teenager. Um, I had a friend that was, that was drinking by himself. Like I, he had booze and I didn't even know about it. And uh, his older sister talked to us and was like, what are you guys doing drinking or whatever? And I was like, I had no idea about the booze. And he said that he was drinking by himself. And she was like, you need, she was like, that's not good. Like you shouldn't be, you should be like a social fun thing to do with your friends. Like if you're a teenager drinking booze by yourself, it's, it's like, that's a bad path to go down. It's not a good sign, you know? 
And uh, that was a way better conversation. That was like one of the best conversations I had. You know, she was in college at the time and we were teenagers. And I don't know why the mom like passed it off to her. Uh, but she had to talk to us and it was it was pretty illuminating. That is odd. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get it, though. I, I agree. It, it's probably harder to have the conversation with your parents. So. Yeah, that, not really. I mean, it's only if you kick it, if you keep kicking the can, it's like if you don't go down that road, it just gets harder and harder. Like my parents were negligent, you know, mostly because they were working all the time. But I think it just got away from them where they just felt like it, it was too far gone. It's, it's like when you have a friend that you stop texting and then you're like, holy shit, I haven't texted them in like eight months. I don't think we're friends anymore. It would be weird for me to text this person. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Here it goes. Hey, I would search this room. It's split into sections. So this would be my first section to do. And then another section would be... Oh, my God. Guy. And then the closet. And then this bed. And then probably anything that's on the floor. So what I recommend is to start searching from top to bottom and then left to right. So here, I would start searching in this plant and go across to the right. And then we'll search into whatever um, containers that are here. Oh my Please God. Look inside the containers and inspect things thoroughly. See, here we have a container with, it's like a place for someone to hide something. So I'm going to hang on to that. Certainly want to talk about that in a little bit. And then just kind of look through everything. Um, when it comes to books, you just want to search through all the pages and just see if you see anything. Here we have a picture, it looks like, of a child with a gun to their head. Um, this may indicate that um, they're thinking about committing suicide. So that's something that we want to talk about with our child. Okay. Now he's just going through the room and flipping through books, right? Every single book. Oh, and now, here we go. So here. Wait, hold on. And hold on. Uh, like a scale. I have to say him describing the process is like really sending chills down my spine. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is so fucking harsh. It sounds like the police. It sounds like you're the police. Why do you want to be the police? I don't know, dude, that it is so fucking strange. Well, it is a police, but Oh, he's the police. That makes sense. Never mind, Sheriff. But that's also like, he's doing this. For other parents, though. Well, this is, yeah. It, a sheriff makes a video about how to search right bedroom. This, the basic of the video is, uh, you know, in my day job, I have to go and stop people from growing plants in an apartment that they pay for on the east side. And, and I have to do a lot of searching. And so I'm able to take these skills, the same skills that I used to send people to jail for years and years of their lives, I can now apply to your children. Right. So, like, basically, I'm, I, will, I will get this link out there. Uh, it's the OC Sheriff, uh, California. O OC Sheriff on, on Twitter. Uh, you should watch this rather than listen to it, but needless to say he finds a lot of stuff in that bedroom a scale um he finds a, a gravity bong the suicidal if that's the case then the suicidal note which is song lyrics maybe it, it was a picture of a kid here 
<laughs> you drew a picture of them killing themselves? A kid drew a picture of themselves hanging. All right. Well, the truth is, a cop drew a picture of right. a kid killing themselves. It's true. <laughs> video about fucking how to uh, search a kid's room. Uh, somebody uh, they printed out a picture of a car running into a person with a caption that says, "I wish this was me." And they called it a suicide note. Let's do one last thing. Let's do a ask a manager since we've been doing those. Every, oh, wow. Uh, every week. Uh, here's the one, Brett. This is our ask a manager. Um, I train new employees. And one of my trainees was just pulled over during a Zoom meeting. Before that, I could tell she was away from her desk, which is fine as we're all permanently work from home. But I didn't realize she was driving. Video was off. She didn't mention being on the road at all. When she was pulled over, I could clearly hear how the officers say it was for a minor traffic infraction and began questioning her before she signed off. I emailed to let her know we could meet another time and we could reschedule next time rather than have her driving while in a meeting. She must have missed my email because she sent a separate email with a completely different reason for why she left her call. <laughs> Which is, come on, that's fair, though. That's fair. Right? I agree. I mean, it, um, my what wife, my ex-wife, my ex-wife did it all the time. And being on the road is boring as fuck. And it's the perfect time to have a meeting. There, you, you can do nothing else except for pay attention to the road. Like you're forced to be there. Most people have to listen to music or podcasts to make the time go by. Taking a meeting in the car is like the best use of your fucking time. In the age of Corona, in the age of Zoom lifestyle, work from home lifestyle, this is totally acceptable. And you should think it's charming that she cared enough to lie to you about it because everybody else should be fucking driving around and doing Zoom meetings. Exactly. Fucking exactly. There is no... So this they care. They want to keep their job. Like, why do you, what, what are you going to hold it against them? You know, like they care enough to, to tell you something that you want to hear. What you have to do is take that and nod and go and tell the person above you that you did your job. So you keep getting your paycheck. Keep it shush. Don't tell on people, you know, <laughs> like she, she sent the official email that you can copy and send to fucking David at corporate. Shut up. Yeah, and and the thing, yes, exactly. And the thing that yeah, I'm I'm in the car right now. I'm doing DoorDash. That's why my video is off. And my <laughs> DoorDash right now. Jay the reggae gamer found that out. <laughs> I the thing is, dude. Like the thing I'm learning about managers from Ask a Manager, which I'm really, really fucking into learning about now, is how nosy they are. They're the nosiest motherfuckers in the world. They like to grasp at tenuous rules. Like they, they're, they're like, certainly this is unacceptable. I wake up and I press my fucking khakis to get on a Zoom meeting. I can't believe people are going bottomless to these Zoom meetings. Certainly they should get in trouble for it. Certainly they should lose their jobs because I wake up at 5 a.m. to look good for a Zoom meeting. I'm not the clown. I'm not stupid. It's everybody else that is wrong. <laughs> and it, exactly. And fucking, that is the thing. They, what I think managers see 
in these cases that when we read these things, right, I think they see a rule that does not technically exist. No. Asking if a new rule should exist. Like that is what they're trying to do. They're they're they it's anybody who's had a job knows that fucking if they find out you're doing something that like they don't know about, they immediately try to create a rule. You know, like we got to make a rule about that. No, we've talked about it forever that they, they, they're like, we want this job done. You get the job done. And then they're like, I don't like the way that you get the job done. Yes. You didn't get the, you didn't get the job done in a way that like I did because I went and maxed out a credit card for business casual clothes that I wore every single day and you're flying by on like pizza rolls in the morning in your pajamas and you, you get paid like a salary like everyone else it's not fair it's like the job is done motherfucker who cares exactly fucking i love uh, that is the that is exactly right and and again like I can't tell you the amount of times that shit has happened where somebody has changed the rule on me out of fucking nowhere. So this one really hit me and it made me mad. I uh, I one time took I took both of my breaks at the same time so I could get one half hour break. I would work like five hour, I would work like four hours, I would get a lunch, and then I would take a half hour break in the afternoon after my lunch. And they got so fucking mad at me about it. But I was the highest numbers. I was doing all the numbers, but they didn't think it. They didn't think I could combine my breaks together. Yeah, I, I've had the same thing. Yeah, the the I'm not going to take a lunch. I'm just going to leave. And, yeah, uh, they were like, "Nope, you have to so, take a lunch." No, we we go to lunch. We say hi to each other. You know, it's it's a it's a culture around here. Exactly. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, I love it. Uh, the surfs raided us. But we're done. We are. Uh, the show is over. Brett, tell them where we'll be. Yeah. Good. Goodbye, Serfs. I don't. Who are the Serfs? I don't even know who that is. They had. They were going to have us on one time. Oh and yes. Up happening for some reason. We'll we'll do it someday if they ask us again. But uh, yeah, thank you to the Serfs people. Come back next week Wednesday at eight. No, Wednesday at six forty-five. Is the surf sank shit? Is that sank shit? No, that's okay. The, that's the Young Turks. Okay, God, I just wanted to make sure we weren't being nice to to sank. That's all no. I was concerned about. I would never, but yeah, come come back on Sunday at eight. Wednesdays at six forty-five, six o'clock, seven o'clock, something like that. But uh, we love you. That is the show. All right, peace. Hey, turn the lights off real quick. So you see, she's still blinking. Caught a fox. Cut his tail off. Seen a rat, stumped his head off. Blue summer, turn it to a red fall. Make a nigga run fast, call him Sonic Hedgehog. We let off some shots, they gon' all be dead. I told my daughter, stop breaking up her Barbie heads. I know they mad I'm living, because they want me dead. Girly ass nigga.
shit Cause them bitches didn't taught me shit Grandpa took me fishing one time And I ain't caught me shit Nah, nah When I ain't have it, I asked for a pack Bitch ass niggas wouldn't throw me shit Nah, I can retire your whole pack Yeah, bitch, I'm on my copy shit Look, nigga, that ain't how you ball I can see you on your Lonzo shit I'm in the woods, smoking big woods I can see you on your Fonto shit Look, nigga, I'll take that shit from you Before I ask you to front your shit Pulled up, flexing like the man She say she see me on my Moncho shit